Namaste and welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast where we are exploring the mystical in the mundane and the magic in the present moment, bringing you ancient tools and technologies into modern day living, yoga, mythic, and healing conversations with expert and visionary powerhouses sharing their stories and secrets with you to help you live an inspired life. My name is Kilkenny, the host of the Modern Mystic Podcast, and today I am over the moon, the sun, Jupiter, and all the planets because a soul sister is here who is brilliant, who has been a guest on the podcast not once, not twice. So many people love those episodes. That's my very first episode, and it's still one of the most highly listened to everything you need to know about astrology. And it's a fabulous overview and just packed with so many helpful tidbits and all my Venus vibrant coaching clients. I tell them, go listen to that episode when people want a foundational introduction to astrology or have a a vague working knowledge. It's brilliant. So that's with my guest, Natalie Levin. And then she did the episode number 29, astrology and all the things where she gave such a gorgeous and profound and really exciting and scintillating and even mildly lascivious download on love, money, mental health, spirituality, and where we can locate and really elucidate those things in our birth natal charts. So welcome back, Natalie. Namaste. Thank you. Love. Namaste. Thank you so much. I'm very honored to have been your first guest. That's so amazing. And to have been back again, and now to be back a third time. What a what an honor and a treat. And it's always such a talking with Kilkenny, whom I've known, we are, we just realized our friendship is sort of a Pluto in Capricorn friendship. It feels really useful to talk with Kilkenny about anything. Actually, we have traversed any realm that you can possibly think of. Natalie and I speak all the languages. So you audience members are going to be in for such a treat. And if you're like, wait, what are they saying? And you speak one of our languages, just follow that thread. But in our conversations, I always get the feedback, like people get so many layers to them and so many downloads from them. And Natalie is a professional astrologer. She's an opera singer. She's a yoga teacher who offers readings, one-of-a-kind workshops and performances. And Natalie, I can't wait to hear the answer to my one question that I always ask, and then we'll dance and totally grow from there. In this moment in time, what does it mean to you to be a modern mystic? Mm, Well, I'm very conscious right now with a seven-year-old human child of the word shamaming (laughs) and the fact that (laughs) I did not actually ever envision myself being a parent and then circumstances happen that I now am 52 years old with a seven-year-old child and the ability to continuously show up for this being who is reliant on me, not just for survival skills, but also to witness him and see him in all of his multitudes that he contains multitudes that he is a spirit having a human experience For me to be able to do that and at the same time go warm up the organic gluten-free chicken nuggets with organic ranch is really an example of 
modern mystic. I am bringing it all, all the layers to the best of my ability because I'm a spirit in a human body and I'm limited because of that. But I do the best I can to keep all of the realms in our consciousness as we do our 3D day. I love that so much because you and I really met in the yoga world. To me, the whole point of the physical yoga is, in my mind, the impact that it has on us in our moment-to-moment life, right? How do we take that off the mat? Or if you're a meditator, which Natalie and I have done together and love, how do we take that off the mat, right? All the practices, whether you're a Buddhist, we have so many friends who have a lot of different traditions who listen to this podcast around the world. And whatever practice it is, right, there's the common denominational intention and point that how then does it make you a more aligned human being? And kids, of course, are such, such great, truly in my experience, the most profound test of that <laughs> and delight of that, all the things, right? Yes. It's really different from the like 35 kittens that I fostered. I was like, I'm ready. It's, it's quite different. Oh my goodness. Well. I wanted to see if we could get into the topic of Mercury, because you and I have delved into several topics on this podcast. And so if you're new to astrology, this is a great way in. A lot of you will have some knowledge in the way of astrological workings. And so I wanted to talk about Mercury, because in time-space reality... Mercury is about to go into retrograde, quote unquote. A lot of people have heard that buzzword. I feel like it gets the most publicity of anything in the astrology lands. And understanding my own Mercury has been a game changer for me and thinking about how to work with my own Mercury. And Natalie is one of the first people, a lot of you know, I grew up with a ton of astrologers around, Vedic astrologers, Placidas astrologers, which is our school, Natalie, and my school of astrology, which is more Western astrology. However, Natalie is one of the first people when she looked at my Western astrology chart and she looked at me and she went, oh, damn, Kilkenny, I'll never forget. Like 13 years ago, no wonder you teach how you teach. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And you said to me, well, you're saying all these poses because, again, this was physical asana and you're you know, sharing all these things physically. And I'm a little bit obsessed with physicality because I have an Aries moon. So that's for those friends listening. The body and being in the body is really important to me and in the way I actually process emotions and all the things. However, she said to me, but you like, but you deliver and you talk about all these really intense things. And it's like no one notices in, in a way that they can receive it, like meaning not no one notices, but. Everyone is so open, she was saying. But you really talk about deep stuff. And that was such a compliment because Natalie is so profound. If you know her personally and professionally, she's such a channel for really deep perennial wisdom. But it's true, you know. And so let's go there. Mercury, Mm. the mind, our mental capacities, what we think about, how we communicate. So if you know your Mercury it can really be so affirming. And so I love, Natalie, for you to share, you know, what does that mean to you? How do you work with people? How do you feel that's affirming? And and how can we work with Mercury? Do you share your personal, like, 
do, is it okay if I talk about where your Mercury is? Absolutely. Thanks for asking. Okay, so Kilkenny's Mercury is in Scorpio for those of you. And, and Scorpio, for so right away when I'm working with a client, um, I'll I'll see where, and, and I want to be curious, how does this person's mind work? What do they like to talk about? If Kilkenny's Mercury is in Scorpio, which for me is, the most profound, the most, the, the, the energy of the chart that wants to dive into the deepest, most shadowy depths of the cave. And let's dig out all of the, um, S H I T that's down there and dig it out and up and let's, let's look at it. Let's examine this. Now, if Kilkenny were teaching, she would teach these enormous classes. And one of the, one of the very few, for those of you listening, very few yoga teachers that I actually want to go study with. I'm really picky. <laughs> so I would go to her classes, which are physically masterful. Um, and then she's talking about the deepest, darkest, which is one of my favorite realms to examine. And that makes so much sense to me that her mind loves to think about this. Her words are able to articulate in ways that other people cannot um, about the realms that we as a society don't often want to talk about. And for me, if we, um, my, it helps, I think it's helpful to hear a, an example of how it lands for my chart. My Mercury, which is again, how my mind works and how I communicate is at the same exact degree out of 360 degrees in the Zodiac. It's at the one degree, um, 15 degrees of Pisces. And it's, then there's minutes that are added on to the each sign, each each degree, and it's almost to the minute. So when you hear me speak, my way of thinking and the way I communicate is not separatable from who I am. Um, it's in Pisces, which in my Pisces is the all that is. Pisces has no boundaries. I have had trouble... Um, finding my voice to set boundaries because my mercury, the way my mind works and the way I communicate uh, is in ether steam. So, um, and it is, so your listeners are feeling that And often Kilkenny, I don't know if this happens to you. People who come to work with me have a very strong um, connection in their charts with my Pisces sun and my Mercury at 15 degrees. But they're like, something about you feels really good to me. And I'm like, and then I see their chart and I'm like, and Kilkenny actually has her, her rising sign at 14 degrees of Pisces. So this is like uh, this really gorgeous vibration. It's called a sinistry that we have between our charts, which is another reason I really love um, even looking for couples. If I'm working with a couple astrologically and seeing, okay, let's say Jenny feels like her, her husband just does not ever communicate. He can't find words to talk to her. And she's like, and, and Jenny's Mercury is in Gemini. Which, and so she has a lot of access. Gemini is words. Gemini is communication. Gemini is reading. Gemini is writing. So Jenny has this incredible access to communication and words. And then her husband's Mercury, the way he communicates, let's say it's in, I'm going to give it a sad sign, like in cancer. Like, so that energy, it doesn't, Mercury doesn't really like to be in cancer because it's like cancer is the crab. The way the, the, way the, the husband's, 
mind works and the way he communicates is very inside the shell. It doesn't really have access to words in the same way as the Gemini Mercury. And what can happen for a couple when they learn that about each other's charts is it can feel much less personal. Like he is hurting me purposely by not communicating with me. But it's almost like, um, no, you're, I, I mean, I've said it about myself. It's almost like I have um, special needs around being able to communicate <laughs> some my feelings because I it doesn't come out the way an air sign. And Kilkenny, you are, you have so much air with those four planets in Libra and I can't even remember what else. So you do have access to words in this gorgeous way. So you are able to translate the underwaterness of the Scorpio Mercury into words that everyone can hear, um, mm. which I'm imagining your people who listen to this podcast, um, they feel that. I mean, it's not an accident that what you have, like, you have a lot of downloads. You said 25,000. Is that yeah. what it is now? Yeah, it's inc- I mean, that's just a, incredible. Such a, thank you, people. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that yeah. you just gave such a helpful um really complete understanding, I think, for everyone listening. So to recap, every single person has this energy of Mercury. Every single planet is an archetype that we all possess, all of them within ourselves. And as Natalie said so skillfully, Mercury is the thought processes, the mind, how we communicate, etc. And maybe it would be fun, Natalie, because people could go to astro.com Real quickly, you people are empowered. Figure out, you know, type in your birthday, type in the the place you were born, the time you were born. You'll be able to figure out what was going on with your Mercury and mm-hmm. which sign it's in. And Natalie, could we just do like a little like, I don't know, like a late night talk show kind of game where we just say, okay, if you have Aries, because it was so helpful when you gave the example of Gemini and the example mm-hmm. of you Pisces. So, like, if you had Aries, so you Google it, friend, who's listening, and you're Mercury, oh, my mind, the quality of my mind, how I communicate, has an Aries orientation. What does that mean? Mm. So, here I am with Mercury and Aries, um, and I, when I speak, I, it can really empower people to f- want to l- follow me. Like, yes. Aries is the leader. Oh, that person really seems to know what she's talking about. Which may not necessarily be true, but you can like get people fired up. You can get them excited. Like, let's go jump off that cliff into that river. It looks deep enough. And everyone's like, yes, they follow your words. Your writing is, um, can catalyze people when you write. Maybe people are awoken and they're like, oh, I, I didn't think about that. I, I want to go make uh, my own jigsaw puzzle because the Aries Mercury person wrote about how amazing it is. And those words are inspiring and catalyzing. I also would say your Mercury and Aries could perhaps be a way of being with words. The shadow side would be I'm reactive. When my words come out, they burn. It's a lot of fire. It can be aggressive. So if you have an Aries Mercury, you could have an invitation from you to you to take a pause, <laughs> before, maybe a five-minute pause before you say or write whatever it is that wants to come out immediately. Love it. Love it. And I love, because I'm such a fan, right, of talking about the shadow, right? There's pros and cons to anything. So thank you for offering that. That's so helpful. Because that's mm. the thing about the astrology. It is this incredible map that we can then use to not try to change ourselves, right? We don't have to say, okay, my Mercury's in Aries. Oh, shit, I can put my foot in my mouth. 
oh no, I'm never going to speak again. No, just like Mm. Natalie said, okay, how can we use it as a total empowerment to work Mm. with myself, to up-level myself, and in doing so, everything around me. I raise the vibration, right? Because that's what we're trying to do if we're on this conscious path, which all our listeners are. Mm. So I love that. I know Marlon Brando, I looked this up, William Shakespeare and Leonardo da Vinci all had Mercury and Aries. So Whoa. I thought that was really fun and cool. That's so cool. Right? Yes. Now, what about Taurus? If you have a, mm. you look it up and, oh, my Mercury's in Taurus. What does that mean for people, please? I feel like sometimes people with Mercury and Taurus might not, it might be more, I'm going to communicate to you through bringing you a delicious grilled buttered corn muffin <laughs> to show you that I care. Like it's when the Taurus Mercury people communicate, maybe it's through, or I'm bringing you a beautiful flower. I want to show my appreciation through the incarnate. Incarnate is, carne is meat. And we are in the meat of being in this 3D body and what (laughs) we get to enjoy these delicious, magical aspects of being in a 3D body. If you have a Mercury that's in Taurus and you have someone who's like, can you please be more articulate? about what it's like to be in your skin, that might be you having to exercise a muscle that it doesn't come so easily to you. So can you be so gentle with yourself? Um, and if you feel stubborn, like I don't want to actually tell you what it's like to be in my skin, that also could be an echo of the Taurus energy that is I'm 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 just fixed and I'm not going to move or change at all. And I'm not going to be mutable. When that happens for you and you feel that stoppedness, that stuckedness, that digging in the heels in, I love moving your body, taking a walk, taking five breaths to see if then that can create some movement for your Mercury that actually does want to move. It wants to flow. So what would that be like? That would be a practical suggestion for me to go into the high vibe of Taurus Mercury. I love, I love so much you're offering those practical suggestions because that's so much what I try to offer here in this podcast to really take it from the you know etheric and intellectual realms to what can we do embodied every day so thank you for that and that was brilliant because Taurus right is earth energy Buddha was a Taurus and so moving Mercury I love how you talked about that too and I hadn't thought about it from that angle in that how Mercury moves so quickly right it's an inner planet so Venus Mercury friends listening they move really quickly. And so to move your mercury, to move your mind and to try to get the words out, walking in nature, that's a brilliant suggestion. So Mm. well done. Wow. Amazing. Um, Sigmund Freud, apparently. I I felt like that wasn't enough of an example. He got stuck when Carl Jung came along and was like, hey, Freud, look at these new ways of seeing psychoanalysis. And Freud was like, no, I cannot think differently. Their friendship broke. The bull, right? He had Mercury and Taurus. Yeah, this is why I was so excited because I couldn't Mm. wait for your reaction to that. And of course, Mm. you said the most interesting thing about that that I could ever think of. It's brilliant, right? It (laughs) broke. So the Taurus can be, you know, mentally, if you have that there, right? Like the bull and can even charge at you. So we have to then, you know, be mindful of of that if the Taurus is there. But, you know, the thing is, is that Taurus, like Nally said, can express itself, you know, in other beautiful ways and ways mm, that yes. influence our senses and the mind is drawn to that if you have a Taurus mind, right? The cookie dough, eating the cookie dough and late at night and all those yummy baths and things like that. So beautiful. Yeah. Now you talked about Gemini in your example. 
hypothetical wife, I think you said, whose mind is scattered everywhere. You know, I know for me, like the Gemini mind sometimes can get into gossip. I've seen that in my charts, right? That can be a pitfall. What else? It's such an active movement in the mind that Gemini Mercury, it's a blessing because that's Mercury's favorite sign, one of his favorite signs. And it's also, oh my gosh, I cannot quiet my mind down. It's so active. I noticed that people who have a Gemini Mercury, so mental, it's so in the brain. How do I land back in my body? I'm Mm. getting so, I'm trying to, I'm overthinking everything. And it's, no, I won't, I don't want to say that because that's a judgment. I am noticing that my mind is so active that I'm having, I'm feeling anxious and I don't know how to ground the energy down. So, so in addition to maybe I'm an amazing writer and an amazing communicator with a Mercury in Gemini, I also could be invited to land down on planet earth, do some yoga nidra. My Mercury Gemini people actually have a really hard time sitting silent in meditation. So I would say if that is the case for you, then go walk it out. Make it a walking meditation. You don't sitting meditation astrologically does not make sense for everyone, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> but I don't I think it's okay to to make it work with your astrological chart. I love that so much. That's really beautiful. And the Gemini, you know, I always think of the highest vibration of, of Gemini as the conduit, as the priestess or channel or hierophant in tarot, right? That when an alignment, when, like you said beautifully, is grounded, that energy, when one grounds themselves, then they can be downloading divine inspiration, all those words, right? Then they can use their mind towards something. The Dalai Lama, when I Googled this and looked this up, has this placement. So what a perfect example, right? that he's learned practices and ways to ground himself. And now he's this amazing channel with that Gemini mind. And just throwing in for the listeners that also, as we're making this recording, there is a controversy around him as well right now. I want to say that I do have consciousness around that, but I'm not going to, we won't go into that right now. Thank you. That's an important acknowledgement. A cancer mind. Mm, Well, again, it's so... I'm speaking as someone with a lot of Cancerian energy. It can be really hard to find words for what it's like to be in my skin, to express what my emotional world is, Mm -hmm. because Cancerian energy is so tender, so sensitive, and wants to be in its shell. It feels safest there when, when vulnerable and allowing emotions to come out can feel like I'm exposing inside a crab shell, it's liquid mm. If you before you cook the crab. So it's like, I don't actually want anyone to see that goo inside of me. Wow. So, what a great, great insight. Yeah, it's really, it's a little gross if you've ever opened up a, I mean, I have not done this. I saw it in a movie. I saw it in the movie Castaway with Tom Okay. <laughs> and so then... But what, what else can come out with a Cancer Mercury is when you speak, when you communicate, people feel the vibration of mother. Yeah. And can you work on your own inner world to have it be a high vibration? Not the mother that is critical, not the one that's always wanting you to be something different, but instead 
I'm using my Mercury and Cancer to express the vibration of I see you, I witness you, I take in how you communicate to me. Also, that's Mercury receiving communication, mm. receiving data, and I can hold all of it. Mm. Gorgeous. Well, I love that. And it's just reminds me of a whole psychological phenomenon that's about the mother, but I think it can be really applied to all parents, all caregivers yeah. of, do you want to be the, the caregiver, the mother, the, the father, the parent, the inspirational figure that eats the beings or nurtures ah, the beings, right? The wow. mother that eats is from the, the original, you know, psychological paradigm. But right, you can either eat the people you're nurturing or you can nurture the people you're nurturing. Whoa. I think that's really profound, right? Yes, yes. Well, and cancer too is such a memory holder. And so mm -hmm. I feel like there's a component of how the mind works that there's a lot of like reflecting in the, to the ancestors, reflecting to the family, right? It's the sign with that really connects to holding all the, the memories. They're water and they're receptive. And so someone with uh, cancer or mercury in my experience with my clients, right? They're, they're talking about the past a lot. They're thinking about the past. Oh, wow. There's a lot of reflection. And I feel like that's part of the, the cancer with the mind too. Mm, beautiful, beautiful reflection. Mm. Yes. Princess Diana had this placement and Carl Jung. Oh, and, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's so interesting. Isn't oh that my interesting? Gosh. Yes. And, and I, I really see. And when you talk about, Freud having had the Taurus Mercury and Taurus and uh, yeah, it's just like this softness of Jung's so Jung for me at least. And I'm so, someone who has been in Jungian analysis since I was 28 so for 24 years, like on and off. It Amazing. feels so loving and so it is. That's my, my experience of Jungian analysis that can hold, it can hold all that I am with not ever telling me that I am wrong. And that is rare to find that. Mm. Well, that's what's so affirming about astrology too, that I love. And you practice it so much that way. I mean, I just love how you speak. And you're truly one of the most gifted astrologers that I've ever met. And I've oh met a lot. Gosh. Because <laughs> I feel you. like you really, you really offer it in that way that I try to offer it and live it like all the things, which is just, as you stated with the Jungian analysis, which is that you don't have to not affirm anything about you. You can receive all parts of yourself without judgment and then learning how to, like a Jedi, yield them all in a way that's filled with integrity and hopefully conscious development. So what about Leo? Leo Mercury. What if you have Leo Mercury? <laughs> it's like I'm shining. I'm here. <laughs> I, want, I want people to... This is now I invite your listeners to keep in mind that this is an isolated planet in an isolated sign. And that when we're talking about your whole chart, there are so many other ingredients to synthesize together. And if I'm taking this ingredient out of the whole chart, it's I, I let me be on stage as a Leo Mercury. I would love for you all to hear what I have to say is really important. Stop everyone and listen to me. When I speak, there is this golden amber light that bubbles out around my words and Leo energy. It's the energy of the sun. My words can be really powerful and potent and a lot of bang for your buck. It's a great way to put it. 
great way to put it. And maybe the shadow could be, I'm like stuck. I have not thought this out at all. And I'm really in some sort of a Peter Pan complex of not, it's all like very young and ebullient therefore, but can it be applied to as whatever you're saying or thinking to you as an adult person, like having to do adult things in the 3D? (laughs) That's so good, right? Because yeah, Leo and Mercury, in my experience, you're, you can be opinionated, like to the point where it's a fault. And just because <laughs> I love how you said it because of the naivete yes. and that childlike energy that Leo uh-huh. has. Well, the, uh-huh. when I looked up the examples, I mean, can you get ready for this? It's so perfect. Barack Obama, Nelson Mandela and Frida Kahlo. Right? Talk about their minds and the way they Whoa. are able to express all that shiny, attractive and Leo has that quality, right? You you possess this so much, I think, where, and I know your Leo's, Leo's in other places, but just the, mm. the quality of doing it for the team. You know, like the actor mm. who goes on stage and all of us watch them with such mesmerizing attention because they're doing it and reenacting it for us. And so you can yes. really identify as the Leo and they do yes. it for us. It's a gift. It's not just Ooh, self-absorbed nice. when it's in the highest expression of alignment. Beautiful. Yeah, I like that image that you brought forth. Thank you. Yeah, I feel like you really bring that to your work when I look at your astrology videos and and, Mm. and your work. And that's very Leo to me. Mm. What about Mercury and Virgo? It's other favorite place to be. Oh, it loves being there so much. I picture it's like, first, I, I work with a lot of people who have Mercury and Virgo who either have expressed themselves, expressed the way they communicate through their bodies dance Um, A lot of dancers have that. Virgo is earth and it's mutable earth. So I picture tectonic plates shifting. I picture Mm. sand in my hand. That's earth, but it's falling through my fingers. And if I am moving my body, if I have something to say, but I just can't actually speak it because Virgo for me can be a little, it can be hard to find words coming. It's not air. It's not air coming out of my mouth. And Mercury likes air signs. So maybe I can dance it. If I have Mercury in Virgo, I might also write it. Like I'm actually going to put words onto physical paper. I mean, yes, we have the internet. You might be doing it on the internet or on a computer. And I wonder for people with Mercury in Virgo, it can also be, I get so laser focused. Virgo is the laser that I can't expand my mind to see more of the big picture because I'm Mm. so laser focused. So what would it be like to, I I always am, I'm really a big fan right now of taking pauses and giving space and allowing the, there's no rush. This is, I think there, I know I lived a lot of my life feeling like there's not enough time. And actually this is one lifetime on so many infinite and a span of so many infinite lifetimes. So as I allow that perspective to land more in my being, I can allow a lot more pauses during the day. So for the Mercury in Virgo person, what would it be like to act as if you actually trust that there's enough time and mm. go pause whatever you're doing, go take a go take a walk, take five breaths, do it. Can you do a handstand? Yes. Do a downward dog. Yes. Yes. I love that. I'm always talking about, you know, taking pockets of peace. And, you know, we live in a society that's, you know, patriarchal, the rat race. I mean, I talk about this on so many episodes. My last episode was actually called Radical Rest. I don't know if you caught that. And it's, and it's spikes. So many people, I was like, wow, people just want to hear me talk. Like, uh, you know, I'm always like humbled. 
But I think it's truly, of course, because of the content, because it's exactly what you're talking about. And understanding that when we pause, then we don't miss the moments of our life. And then we actually connect to the technology of our highest self. And when we go back to movement, we're sourcing that movement from authenticity, from radical truth, and also radical love and compassion, which who doesn't want to live life from that, right? And then then our nervous systems have recalibrated, which is the other thing that's brilliant about what you just offered. And what I see with Virgo energy, and then particularly in Mercury, that the nervous system can be wired, I feel like with Virgo, you know, hot wired, because they're so critical, they can be, they can tend towards those tendencies of being really judgmental. And so of course, if that's, you know, when, and what quality you have working with your mind, taking those pauses are really, really important, because that's how we can recalibrate our nervous system and then come from like you said a a greater perspective and when we come from that greater perspective called upeksha in buddhism and Mm -hmm. yoga that eagle vision and we take those sacred pauses right and have that macro and take that and we take the camera instead of looking at the pixels right we zoom back and see the whole picture then our nervous systems calm down too really gorgeous love it libra Libra mind. Mm, Libra mind. Well, when I, if with the Libra mind, you might get so caught up in thinking about with Mercury in your sign, you might get so caught up thinking about what everyone else wants and needs. And you're so mm-hmm. interested in creating harmony in your environment that it's hard for you to keep the focus on yourself. Like, what do I actually think about this? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I also want to say Mercury in in Libra, for me, allows the person with that to their their words are flavored with the goddess Aphrodite. When they speak, Venus is flavoring their words and giving um, what they say might be a little more easy to palate than the person with Mercury in Aries, for example. Right. And that's lovely. And there can be a loss of, I don't actually even know what I think right now because I have Mercury in Libra. Right. Totally. Because the the Libra energy can be codependent. So if your mind, right, is ruled by Libra, brilliantly said, you have to be careful that you explore and really consider your own thoughts. And it might be a process of, oh, I have to listen to everybody else's thoughts so that I can understand my own thoughts. Because Libra, mm. just because I have so much Libra, that's something I really have come to know about myself. I don't have Libra Mercury, but I have four planets in Libra that, oh, I often really need to weigh other people's input. And I want other people's input because mm. in that, then I can say, oh, no, I don't believe that. Or, oh, I like a piece of that. Or that's mm. very, to me you know, one of the things that's really helped me understand myself and Libra and energy, which I have so much of. So Libra, like you said, has to has to figure out what are your thoughts. And that's and, and always thinking, of course, about the other and and balancing self with other the ultimate yeah. Libra balance. And also possibly the, an artist bursting out as well with a Mercury Libra. Maybe you sing, maybe you write again with Venus influencing what it's like for you to speak and your mind and for your mind to work. Such a great point. Bruce Springsteen has this placement, right? And he has those, whether you like his music or not, I will not comment, (laughs) but (laughs) you cannot refute his words. And then he had this 
I mean, my father's like a literature professor and very like the most well-read and kind of like intellectual person you will ever meet. And he was reading Bruce Springsteen's, I guess he wrote a biography a few years ago. Wow. And I was like, wait, what, dad, you're reading that? And he was like, no, it's actually really, really good. It's just what you're yeah. saying, right? The mm -hmm. artist and able mm -hmm. to Mercury articulate and use your words. So Beautiful. interesting. Okay, Scorpio mm. in Mercury. I can't wait to hear your download. Kenny has this. The Mercury in Scorpio, it feels, when I think about it, I get the feeling of, oh, I, I'm feeling a little claustrophobic as Mercury, who I want to move quickly and fast, and I'm in fixed water. Mm. And I feel a little bit like I can't breathe in here. And there's so much yummy grist for the mill in this fixed, this pool, this profound cave, like um, spelunking, where you'd go deep, deep diving into caves, which I would never do because wow. I would have a panic attack and die. <laughs> but I feel like Mercury is spelunking in Scorpio, going into the deepest depths. And then how does it, how does he get aired out? Like, can we, uh, I feel like sometimes when Mercury's in Scorpio, it might not work so well to speak with words. Mm -hmm. You might have to say, I'm feeling green in my upper realm today and blue in the lower realm of my body. It might be images for how, how you talk about what it's like to be in your mind or my mind. It doesn't come out in words as much. Maybe you paint it. Maybe you draw it. Maybe you go and splash water all over the place to express like these. You could even use these as images that you work with instead of you don't have to make a big whirlpool in your bathroom. Uh, otherwise it can get stuck. Like Mercury can get trapped in there. The way your mind works can get so trapped, uh, trapped and maybe obsessive yeah. because Scorpio energy can be obsessive. So how do you break him free even for five minutes to give him some air? Love that. Love that. Yeah. Cause most people listening perhaps know, but Mercury is the most quote unquote intense sign of the Zodiac. Right. So qualities of Mercury, you mean Scorpio. Sorry. Thank Scorpio. you. Scorpio. Yes, okay. Thank you. Yeah, 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 Scorpio yeah. is the most intense sign, right? In, in a certain kind of way of the topics it deals with, sex, death, transformation, taxes, all the things you would never, I always think of it like you go to a party, at least in the United States, and all the things you'd never bring up with the first person you meet, right? Truly. So yes. it's those themes. And so if your mind is there, alchemization, spirituality, mm -hmm. I know Mercury in Scorpio can also allow you to be incredible, you know, with psychology, be psychology, great psychologists mm. have this yes. psychoanalysis, yes. all those plutonium themes, psychic downloads, even. Yeah, I also know. And like you, I attract clients who have Mercury and Scorpio, right? Like, oh, I, wow, it's that's just so cool. like you said, you nailed it. I hadn't really thought mm -hmm. of it so clearly. Mm -hmm. And now that you're saying this, mm -hmm. I see the I, just running through all the people. I'm like, she's so right. It's true. Mm -hmm. Like attracts mm -hmm. like. And Mercury and Scorpio can be a tendency to think the worst. Like, oh, my God, my child leaves and he's going to die at school. It's like your mind just has these, oh, my God, I have to take an airplane. I'm going to die, Right. And then, yeah. so working with that being like, oh, wait, no, that's my Mercury and Scorpio. That's, you know, and then you, yes. you can work with your mind in that way. Yeah, you can talk to it. You can say, "I Mercury, oh, I hear you. You're doing your Scorpio thing. I'm going to go and actually rely more on my, like, Leo sun today. And I'm going to let you have some quiet time, Mercury and Scorpio. Like, you get to talk with your planets. I love that. I love that. Ah, oh, that's so good.
Because even with my coaching clients, like I do this one exercise where like you sit at a table, like a conference table, you could think of it, right? And you think of the different parts of yourself, you know, the different feelings. This is my anger. This is this. This is that. This is my joy, you know, whatever. And I do a whole thing with that. But that's such a beautiful idea and download to think of your planets all sitting there, right? And it's like, you're the head, right? I always say you're the CEO, you're running the, the meeting. And you go yes. to each one and you say, okay, what do you have to say? What do you have to say? What do you have to say? But yes. with all, with which wherever your Mercury is, you can have this conversation with the lower roads of it, right? If you're Gemini gossiping, you're scattered. Okay. Da, da, da. That's so good what you just said. Or if you have the Mercury and Scorpio, you can say this. Ah, oh, so good. Love it. What about Sagittarius, <laughs> Mercury? So curious what you're saying. Oh, excited. it's so exciting. <laughs> I, it's the way my mind works, the way I communicate. I want to learn. I am always thirsty for more knowledge. I want to expand my consciousness. Traveling is a way that I learn when I have Mercury in Sagittarius. When I speak and write, I might be the teacher that people are listening to. Sagittarius is the teacher. We also have with Mercury and Sagittarius could be, it's so, it feels scattered because it's the energy of starlight. It's the energy of mutable fire. So picture that there is embers burning in your hand and you blow them and the sparks fly out into the world. So I might have so much going on, be so fired up in my mind that it's hard for me to come back to what is my next task at hand here that I have to actually do. So there's another slogan that I like, like, what is the next right thing for me to do right this moment with my Mercury and Sagittarius? Do I need to go brush my teeth? Yeah, totally. Like really keep it simple. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Noam Chomsky and um, Marie Curie had this, which, you know, pushing the envelope. Noam Chomsky, right? With all those ideas and the teacher and so did uh, Marie Curie. Like you said, it's it's that fire goes in many directions. And so how to do the next right thing if your mind's that. And your mind also, like, I feel like it's it has that humor too, right? Like a Sagittarius yes. has that, like, funny, like, all the fire signs, right? They can put their foot in their mouth. But Sag has, like, a, a wisdom, like the philosophical quips and, like, a humor too, right? Like, can't the mind be like that, right? Yes. I always say that I would want a person who has a lot of Sagittarius energy at my party because <laughs> totally. they're fun. It's a little, for me, it's a little bit like Tigger has come to the party. <laughs> so and good. Yeah. It also can be the person who gets very fired up about justice and what is right mm-hmm. at the party. So like, you know, you might have to be like, okay, okay, Jim, time to go now. Let's, let's, let's move along. <laughs> So it's both and. Great. It's both and. What about, oh, and I forgot to say, friends who are really paying attention, because I know I'll get some DM or something. You didn't say Libra for those friends who have Virgo, lots of Virgo in their chart. And I didn't say who has Mercury and Libra. Interestingly enough, Mahatma Gandhi and John Lennon. So I just want to circle back and tie mm -hmm. up that knot for the dear ones Mm -hmm. who listen Mm -hmm. so carefully. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Such Libra, such Libra vibes in their minds. Makes so much sense. What about Capricorn and Mercury? I have a Mercury and Capricorn and I'm really, I can pay attention to business matters. I'm able to think about the 3D and what needs to be done. Like I, I have to, I can think about what groceries I need to get at the store and actually get them. Yeah. <laughs> 
if I run a business, I have a talent in my mind for my way my mind works to actually do that. It's very, I love Capricorn Mercury, even though Mercury doesn't really like being there so much. It's it for me, it feels very grounded, it can be reliable. And Mercury doesn't necessarily want to be reliable because he's going back and forth and back and forth all the time. So it's asking that energy to contain itself a bit. And also with a Capricorn Mercury, can you also remember that the glyph for Capricorn is half goat or centaur and half merbeast? So you also do, Capricorn people listening, have the ability to communicate about the spirit realm that half of you is a mer beast is connected into the spirit realm. That's not the 3d. So it's okay for you to let go of what's the next thing on the business menu today and dive into the spirit realm as well. Oh, that's really powerful. So powerful. And I never made that connection. So I'm having an aha moment with you again, which oh, is so cool. Mercury is a psycho pump. That's the word psycho pump for the being in Greco Roman mythology so Mercury is this, right? Who can oh. travel the world. And so it makes sense in Capricorn, even though I never had that that aha moment, what you just said, that Capricorn has that dual way of being. That's why it's like a friendly. It may not be like that the easiest placement, but yet there's like a no. friendliness about that. And I know what you yes. mean because like they're practical if your mind is there, they can act those, they can ask the practical questions. They also appreciate, you know, grounded conversation and mm. how they can be of service, right? Because that's mm. that high level of Capricorn. Like, are they serving? You know, it's that corporate leader who is thinking about everyone in the company and how to meet yeah. them and serve their practical needs when elevated, when low road is like Nixon stealing, high road is the great high vibration. Right. So I love that, what you just said about the glyph and having the two. Really fascinating, right? Yeah. And who is a who is a Capricorn Mercury? Um, Stephen Hawking. Oh. Space and the yeah. genius, right? And he had such a mind, yes. right? When he didn't have his body, yes. he had his mind. Yes. and thought of all these amazing concepts because he understood physics. He understood the practical world and, and dedicated his life to that. And really was such an incredible thought leader with that Capricorn and Mercury. Beautiful. What about Mercury and Aquarius? Oh, mm. he loves being there. <laughs> so smart. I mean, Mercury and Aquarius. Aquarius is the genius of the Zodiac. This doesn't mean, listeners, that everyone that you come by who happens to be an Aquarian is a genius. But it is the energy of Aquarius is super duper smart. Mercury and Aquarius is so is precise, is cerebral, it is steadier he's asked to be steadier in this air sign he loves being in an air sign and aquarius energy is so cerebral it can go completely lose contact with heart mm -hmm. so when you communicate can you also if you have mercury in aquarius can you also remember that your words th that you are a full being with a heart that when you communicate, your words are landing on someone who also has a heart and feelings. I love Mercury and Aquarius. I think it's just so brilliant and genius. And the shadow is a disconnect from the feeling space of being in a human body. Mm, that's such wise advice, right? Because it's mental. If you have air, like Libra, Gemini, Aquarius, they're all air signs. So that means your mental capacities work 
in a way that's not as emotional. So I love what you're yes. saying. And Aquarians, yes. right? Like you said, they're you know typically have such quickness, so smart, and they they're so impassioned about being different. They're so impassioned about being the other. And that's why I love what you said about remembering that your words, your communication, right, your Mercury are landing on someone because you can get so fixated on being your unique freak flag self, which is the beauty of Aquarian, yes. right? But if you're, we all know when we get too far from the other, that's when hatred, greed, war, all sorts of things happen, right? So that's such a beautiful wisdom gem to tell the people of Mercury and the Aquarius. I yeah, love that. Yeah. Um, Mozart had this and so did Bob Marley. Oh interesting whoa interesting right? so much yes. to think about i mean who knows but um, the mozart thing again it's this uh, the genius. genius he's a genius right? the mad genius I mean, a mad genius yeah and and i'm imagining he had heart in his chart because mm. his music is so heartful yeah yeah but he was of the, the wild hair and right he was yes. different he was here yeah. to be different and Totally. So, such yes. a genius. I love that so much. Okay, now we're at the last one, Mercury. And Pisces, which you already spoke of because you have this. And I have yeah. um, a yeah. couple people really close to me who have this. And so I find this fascinating that you have this. Oh, Mike, of course. Well, Mercury and Pisces is the connection, the mind and communication connection with the all that is. It is, there's no veil when you are, when your mind is, it's a blessing. And there's also real challenges because you probably, when you're having thoughts, you might be thinking the thoughts of the collective. How do you figure out what are yours and what are everyone else's? Yep. You can be easily overtaken or a spell put on you by even, I, I mean, I feel it happened to me. I have Mercury and Pisces. So it's like, I see this message that comes through over and over, for example, on social media. And then I'm like, oh, this must be true. Mm -hmm. So it can be an inability to have critical thinking and actually say, be discerning. Mercury and Pisces, it's the artist, it's the poet, it's the singer, the dancer, or the enjoyment thereof. And it is nonstop conversation with energies that, you may or may not want to be talking to you. Right. I love that because it's the fish, right? Pisces is the two fish, right? Swimming in different directions. Yeah. So I love what you, how, yes. thank you for sharing authentically your experience, right? So it's like, okay, which fish is true? Which fish is truth? Which fish is not, yes. right? You can see all the, all the things. And like you said, it's absorbent, right? It's water. So there's mm. such compassion and such mm. feeling in the mental body and, and attention towards the collective, right? And those collective suffering yeah, and collective yeah. feelings. And it's also, of course, you know, Piscean energy. And I say this because I have a lot of this energy in different ways. You have to be careful of all those addictive tendencies. Oh, you yes. have to be careful of the merging, right? Into, mm -hmm. you know, Pisces is the self-realization. That's part of why I'm obsessed with self-realization, self-actualization. Mm -hmm. But then the, the, the mm -hmm. opposite side of that coin is self-undoing, right? And so yes. so the mind is, is perhaps focused on a lot of those thoughts, maybe. Yes, beautiful. So, yes. so what about when Mercury goes into retrograde? Because that's what uh, so many people are going to want to hear about. How do you work with that? Do you want to tell who has... Mercury and Pisces. Thank you. You're honing all my Libra energy in. Yeah. So and then I do want to do that. Mercury is Johnny Cash. 
Ah, oh, really interesting. And, and of course, right? He had such addiction, actually, issues. Such addiction of challenges. Yeah. Abraham. And I'm in recovery for addiction. So, yes. yeah, no, I so honor that. It's such an incredible discipline and thing. Lady Gaga and Abraham Lincoln. Oh, wow. <laughs> what an interesting trio. Right? <laughs> I don't know that much about Abe, but he was, you know, I mean, I do know that obviously he was focused on. The collective. I mean, think about that if you think about it, right? And the plight of everyone. For his time, he was limited, of course. Yes. So. And then, so you were asking Mercury retrograde. Yes. What do I, what comes up for me around that? Well, what comes up for me around that is when Mercury stations, we can also keep in mind that all of our Mercuries are echoing the Mercury that's actually moving up in the heavens. Like there's an echo, I feel like for all of our natal Mercuries. Wow. So, and what, so can I invite myself to know that my words might not come out as easily uh, with him slowing down to know that when I'm speaking, my words have more impact when he is stationing because The planet, the messenger of the gods, he's the messenger of the gods, is stopped in the sky. I would invite people to really stop and think, do I need to say this? What am I hoping to accomplish when Mercury is stationed and with my words? What is my purpose here? What is my expectation? I don't tell people to stop doing anything when Mercury's retrograde. I think you can still buy a house, still sign contracts, still go plan travel and expect to have to revise or redo or all the rewords, re-systemize whatever it is that you've signed or done during Mercury retrograde. It's It invites a slowing down yeah. and our society does not teach us that slowing down is good. And I'm here to invite a new way of seeing that, like slowing down is not only healthy, it's also a warrior path in a world that wants to speed us up faster and faster and faster. Yes. So Mercury retrograde is offering that. That's it, right? It's such a beautiful and it's really full circle to what we alluded to early in the conversation about rest is radical and this society that hyper glorifies production, rat race, speed, rewards it, right? I feel like the most counterculture, anti-establishment, self-affirming thing we can do is to to take moments of rest, you know? And for friends who are like, I don't have a freaking moment. What are you talking about, right? You have five seconds. You have three breaths, right? We're not, we don't, we're not talking about naps. Like, I don't know when the last time I took a nap is <laughs> as a mother, right, Natalie? But each person it can look different for. But, you know, can you rest your eyes? Can you close your eyes for five seconds? It's those, it, it can be micro rest mm, in beautiful. addition to other types of rest. So yeah, like I have to, I have to close my eyes sometimes when letting the astrology come out because it's so much input, so much fast input all over the place all the time. And I think I've learned to close them to create a little moment of rest up here so that um, it can come out of my voice. Like it doesn't even, you can close your eyes. You can invite your ears to go inward, pratyahara. Just five seconds for your listeners. I love the five seconds. That's beautiful. Yeah. 
that really can reset. Totally. It's profound, profound pockets of peace, pockets of peace. And pratyahara for the listeners is a yoga term. It's in Sanskrit, the ancient traditional language, and it means to pull your senses inward. So to take your senses and pull them inward. So closing the eyes would be example of that, right? You give them a pause and you can do that with all the senses. And then that's a practice yoga nidra, which I've talked about in many other episodes. So you can listen to those, especially the one um, recently with uh, Dr. Mike Sapiro. So resting, recalibrating all the R words, revisiting, rethinking all the R words, like you said. And then what do you think about working with eclipses? In time-space reality, we have that coming, but again, we have them coming you know, later in October in 2023. So there's something called eclipse season in astrology land. So maybe you could actually share, okay, what is in your mind eclipse season? Because it's really an epoch. It's a longer stretch of time than just the eclipse itself. And then let's get into some of the nitty gritties, please, about ways that you feel like you can work with eclipses. And I'll share some too. I like how you used the word epoch. That was big. We are always having eclipses. This is true. Right now, we are leading up to a particularly hardy one. It's on April 20th. And it, and I would say, when you hear that an eclipse is happening, what I would say is to know that the energies are heightened. The energy, they're extra emotional times. Your emotions may be much more accessible, which is a superpower. Can you invite your emotions to actually flow and not push them down? Eclipses are portals for if a spirit and a a soul is like, all right, my soul contract is done here on planet earth. It can be a portal for a spirit and soul to leave. It can be a moment when I'm, I'm Natalie and I've known this Shoji screen here for 20 years and I close my eyes for two minutes and then I open them and I see things about the Shoji screen that I haven't seen ever before. They can be moments of aha, of awakening, of a big life shifts. And if it's not happening for you personally, it's probably happening for the people around you. So can you... And they're, they're, they're strange. It is a weird feeling time. Eclipse season is often weird. You don't know what time it is. You often don't know what day it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can also manifest as uh, physical illness. We can feel it physically. I mean, that's been happening for me and some people I know. Because it doesn't feel natural for the moon suddenly to go dark in the middle of the night. Totally. Or the sun. Like that is feels not natural and we know why it happens in a scientific way but I want to really honor that energetically it can feel like a really weird time and which for me is comes back to I always come back to okay can I get as much rest as possible like last night I slept 11 hours and can I do what's the next right thing it really back to basics. Like, okay, I'm, I showered in the past three days once that counts as a win. Yeah. And to give yourself a medal and a trophy for doing these small tasks that people might brush off as, of course you did that. Yeah. No, no, there's no, of course, in eclipse season. Love that. Love that. And it yeah. makes so much sense what you're saying, because I'm making another synapse, right? 
where what's happening in Eclipse for those friends? Because I feel like some people, you know, I'll have clients who come in and you'll talk about certain things. Like even a new moon today, I was with a coaching client and she's like, wait, what exactly is happening? Like people don't want to admit, like, they, you yeah. know, because you feel like you should know uh, that, right? But, yeah. you know, during an eclipse season, typically what happens is a stretch of time where there's a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse. And that means yeah. solar eclipse is the sun is being eclipsed and lunar eclipse, the moon is being eclipsed. So yes. there's a brief period in time somewhere on Earth that some people can't see the sun for a short period of time or some people can't see the moon. Right. That's yes. putting it really simplistically. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. And so there's, you know, it depends upon the astrology and the math, but there's a period of time where these two events happen and that's called eclipse season. And there's usually approximately two a year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so there's, we're waiting for one eclipse and then there's another eclipse and it's the time in between the two. Is that correct? That you're speaking of to be. Yeah, tender. there's, it, it would say like two weeks before the first eclipse. So the first eclipse, that's, for example, this eclipse cycle is happening April 20th. So I would say around April 4th, you might have started to April 6th, you might have started to be like, what is going on? I mean, it's in conjunction with a whole bunch of other really, really interesting, potent astrology. So this is extra special eclipse cycle. And then it's, there's another eclipse happening on May... May 5th, yeah, but, the yeah, lunar eclipse. May 5th. So, oh my gosh. Holy cow. I know. I'm like, I'm tired. This eclipse is, energy is really pooping me out. I'm like, I'm tired out. And so two weeks after May 5th, I would say it's a six-week portal. Mm. Some astrologers say six months in advance, six months after. But if that is the case, we're always in eclipse portals. <laughs> and that's fine. Take what you like and leave the rest about what we're saying. But I, w I like to say six weeks and we're really in it right now. And we're throwing in Mercury retrograde. We're throwing in the planet of death and transformation, having just changed signs and also the planet of boundaries having just changed signs. And so we are all, it is a very intensely powerful time of transformation and we can't possibly know what it's going to look like a year from now. But the thing that's so exciting for me, and this is my Mercury and Scorpio, is this. Mm. Eclipses offer us this invitation to, as Natalie said, the lights go on and then the lights go off and then they go on again and she can see, see her Soji screen. So I think about it like, what can I look at in my life that's different? Just like Mercury yeah. retrograde, how can I slow down? What am I seeing that's different? You said, or your people seeing that's different. What's yes. the new perspective? What's the yeah. new angle? And that's what's exciting, yeah. I think, about eclipses and that we need to take care, like you said, the showers, the victory, because when we have to change directions any time in this 3D world, right, it takes energy. Something that's moving, we know, right, we'll just keep moving and there's less energy, there's less effort that needs to happen. But if we have to change direction, right, it takes more energy. And so this is the invitation. How can we take, you know, celebrate the shower, celebrate the self-care because we're, there's mm -hmm. some invitation to change energy, to, to look at something in a new way, to do something differently, all in service of up-leveling yourself and those around mm -hmm. you. And so when the power goes out, right, what do we do? We have to look for other sources of charge. So we yes. have to charge ourselves with maybe the extra baths or with the extra yeah. fill in the blank, right? Because the power's going out. I've started doing this. I don't know if you've heard of this, but I've, this is a newer practice. 
because I'm always looking for ways, you know, to ritualize life and to really make things practical. When the solar eclipse is coming, I charge myself with sun ahead of time. So I wear yellow and orange and red and I try to go out and just like let my face be in the sun more, you know, and I think solar energy, I might like before the eclipse season, like sweat, do a little more cardio, sweat it out. I might purge even my closets a little more. And then when the lunar eclipse I know is coming, which this time around will happen after the solar eclipse a few weeks later, then I try to actually ahead of time do more what lunar activities like moon salutations and more watery type of activities, drinking more water, praying with water, doing all sorts of water ritual, doing essential oils. So the, the, the strategy being like the sun's going to go out. So I'm going to ahead of time prep with a little extra sun to be solarized. The moon's going out. I'm going to prep a little lunar energy. So that's one way I've been working with eclipses the last several years. It's beautiful. Thank yes, you. yes, ma'am. It's gorgeous. So I love how you talked about it though. And thank you. Thank you for always you make things so so doable. Because I think a lot of times oh. people get turned off from astrology or they're obsessed with it and they get neurotic about it. But right? Do you find yes. this with my clients? Yes. It's like it becomes yes. this like prophecy and it and and, and yeah. it's like you don't want it to make it you something that's anxiety right, right right like this is meant to be supportive right. like you know it's gonna storm bring the umbrella uranus is doing something i'm on hyper alert on the road right i still go but i'm like okay i'm really gonna just take it all in here and know that uranus isn't doing uranus is the planet of shock and surprise love that like, i just you know extra alert right it helps you know what to pay attention to it is and is what you just exemplified, right? What do I pay attention to? And if you know, like you said, the weather, you know, then you yeah. don't bring the winter coat when there's not going to be a storm. Yes. So Beautiful. good, so good. Where can folks find you and your amazing work and all about your offerings? Okay, thank you so much. Well, first of all, I want to let people know that they can make an appointment with me at natalielevinastrology.com. Also, that if you want to make an appointment with me and funds are a challenge, please reach out to me and we can probably work something out that you can still work with me. I'd also love to let you know that I have a YouTube channel, natalielevinastrology.com. And I am on Instagram at natalielevinastrology and Facebook, just Natalie Levin, but you'll know my picture when you find me. And it's just so, so wonderful to, it's just so lovely to talk to you. What a treat. Like we don't actually see it. We live like 10 minutes from each other. We have to, we have to change that, please. Now that things have shifted, it's ridiculous. Now, Natalie, <laughs> is it still okay to offer my Modern Mystic members the generous discount? Yeah. So Natalie is so incredible. She's offering my Mystic members, as she did last time, 20% off a reading with her. And truly, you know, before I was really offering astrology, and it's such a funny story that I haven't shared publicly, but it's so time now. Mm. I don't know if you remember the first time we did uh, recorded my first episode ever with you. Mm. It was during the beginning of COVID. And I'm running a yoga studio online, my beloved studio, which is yoga mindfulness, and I had it for five years, right? And I'm still trying to do that on all the things online. And after we, you know, hit the stop button on the first episode, you're like, let me look at your chart, which is the best thing about being Natalie's friend because she always looks at your chart. It's like, let me just tell you like always. And now, of course, I do it for all, all people as like a pay it forward kind of thing. And you're like, let me look at your chart. And I was like, okay, cool. And you were like, huh, 
And I was like, well, what do you see for the studio? What's, what, what are you thinking? And you're like, hmm. And you were very diplomatic, but very direct. And you were like, well, I, I don't know, Kilkenny. I almost, I almost feel like you're going to end up doing like a lot of astrology readings and one-on-one work. And I was like, like, wow. I, I didn't even know. Wait, like, I was like, what? Like, it was so sounded outlandish to me. I still had the studio. I'm still teaching. You know, that year I had taught over a thousand people at Wanderlust for the second time. I was doing huge, big group things. I had a big staff. I And I love that work. I was so passionate and I loved it. So it just seemed like, what? And you were like, and I was like, I remember saying to you, huh? And I was like, well, is there any way to interpret that kind of differently? <laughs> and you yeah. were like. I really just see you for a long stretch doing a lot of, you know, one-on-one work. I don't know if you've ever considered like actually being a professional astrologer. And I, I remember hanging up thinking like, I have, okay. Like I just have no idea what she's talking about. Okay. Everyone cut to how many years later? What is it? Three years later. And I just do my, you know, vibrant Venus elite coaching is my passion and my love. I'm one-on-one everything right now. And even my membership where I still teach, my loved ones online, my folks and my people, it's all virtual, you know, it's all, they have the library and, you know, so it is, you know, if you think about it one-on-one in a way. So Natalie is a, an amazing astrologer. She's a prophet. She's a channel, you know, what can we say? This is, this is the truth. So my members get that 20% off reading with her. And if you're not a member yet, go to my website, modernmystic.love. And for 33 bucks a month, you can get unlimited alignment-based yoga classes, meditation classes, and a little astrology, a little tarot teaching. And people love that because they can learn slowly at their own pace. I've got mystic hack yeah. videos where I talk about how to develop your psychic intuitive abilities and how to really manage your own energy and really practical Beautiful. tips and tools to do so. So please, everyone, remember to subscribe, rate, and review, which I never say. I, apparently you're supposed to be saying this for all these years and I have not said that. So please do that as well because it supports the podcast. And I also have newly a Patreon page. So you can find me um, Modern Mystic on Patreon too and give as little as $3 a month and that helps support the podcast. So Natalie, thank you for your truly intergalactic, amazingly profound <laughs> download with gravity and total expansion and all the things just so grateful to have you as my only guest three times on the podcast and the listeners just love you and you're just brilliant so thank you for your wisdom wow. and your time. oh my gosh what a what a treat and an honor and a privilege thank you so much mm, namaste namaste thank you for taking these words in i hope they ground inform and inspire you on your journey of the mystic path if you like what you heard please be sure to rate review and follow the show on apple podcasts spotify or whichever podcast platform you use it is so appreciated also check out my website modernmystic.love where you can find information about my very exciting monthly mystic membership My members have unlimited access to a robust video library, which includes short videos that are easily digestible, sharing practical ways to integrate mystical living into your day-to-day life. These compelling videos cover topics such as how to ground, protect, and grow your energy, 
how to develop your psychic abilities, how to connect to your spirit team, shadow work, inner child work, tarot cards, lots of Western astrology, of course, in addition to syncing up with the rhythms of nature and so much more. I've gotten so much positive feedback that these videos are game changers for folks. Also included in the membership are over 100 alignment-based yoga classes of all different levels, meditation and breathwork classes, so you can work from the inside out or the outside in and up level yourself as you become the next version of you. Not to mention my mystic members get all sorts of bonus content and discounts from my visionary podcast guests. So check out modernmystic.love and take a peek there as there's a free sampling of some videos waiting for you. Lastly, if you are looking for some conscious conversation and compelling community, check out also our private Modern Mystic podcast Facebook group. Keep on meeting the present moment where the magic lives, one breath at a time. Namaste.